Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Welcome. <laughs> I am Tio. I pay Claire. I pay. No. You pay. I play and pay for Claire Claremont, <laughs> the forgotten vessel. We all pay for Claire Claremont. <laughs> Hannah. Greetings and salutations. This is Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. And Kyle. Hello, I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. We open on the somewhere Sweet Flips skate park. <laughs> A visually confusing, reality-bending array of bowls, rails, fun boxes, and pipes of varying fractions. Oh no, it's like an Escher painting. The terrain shifts and undulates gently like the surface of an impossibly large creature. The park is empty, having been recently scoured by the screaming fog, but as the features sway back and forth, we see a shadow pass over the late afternoon sun. A massive serpent of steel and glass blinks into existence in the middle of a 6-720. As the bus spins midair, two figures tumble out the back door onto the concrete below. Meanwhile, from the other end of the park, a woman leaps forward towards the transit vehicle, propelled not by her mundane appendages, but by four streams of red tape, which are functioning somewhere between jellyfish tentacles and spider legs. Duncan. Mm-hmm. Max. What do you do? I see two figures falling from this bus. As the bus pops into view in one of the... I think this one is like a, a third pipe. It's oscillating somewhere between a half and one quarter <laughs> pipe. But uh, at the moment that you sort of arrive on the scene, it's a it's a third pipe. Okay. The bus sort of pops into view mid 720 and it's, it's spinning around and then the back door opens and two figures tumble out and onto the skate park below. Okay. Well, it's a it's a shortfall. They don't appear to be injured by it, although one of them doesn't seem to be doing very good. It is a little scary to see them fall out and they seem like they could use my help a little more than this eldritch bureaucratic jellyfish spider. Ah, uh, yes, Sam the Juror. <laughs> Sam the Juror seems to be doing their own thing. And maybe I just kind of see how that plays out for now. So I think Duncan, when he sees people fall out of the bus onto onto the concrete, even if it wasn't that that high, he's, he's running over there. You run over and uh, it doesn't take you too long to get within distance before you realize that one of these two figures is Max. And uh, we are going to do something I thought we would get to earlier than episode five. But, episode uh, five, first time <laughs> we, we are going to do your bond questions. So Duncan, choose mm -hmm. one of the questions from your bond list on your playbook and uh, let us know, how do you know Max? There's a lot of good ones. Max seems to be a person who knows how to kind of get things done and keep quiet about it to me. So I think the question here is, I got myself into hot water once, and Max bailed me out. What happened? What happened, Max? Oh, that's a good question. I just have a hard time envisioning Duncan getting in hot water over anything. <laughs> it feels very antithetical, unless perhaps you uh, ran afoul of somewhere regulation. Yeah, I think it was an investigative overstep you may call it. Oh, um, yes. Okay. Looking into things that go on here in the town, maybe like the screaming fog, trying to get data from the bureaucracy on its uh, frequency and history. No one's been around longer than the bureaucracy, right? Mm -hmm. So if there's anybody who has rigorous and lengthy historical data on screaming fog frequency, 
uh, <laughs> it would be the bureaucracy. And so Duncan ran a couple leads to the ground and was unable to get a lot of information out of there. And so he and Sebastian hashed a plan to kind of sneak into to City Hall and try to get some of that and ran into some hot water, you might say, on the way back out. Yes. Okay. So I, I have a good answer for this. Okay. Uh, one of the moves that I have not been able to use Listeners, this was a move that Quinn trimmed down significantly after we did an original play test. And I'm very sad about that, Quinn. Uh, but one of my moves is Quantum Leap, which allows me to, if I use an anomaly point, to move seamlessly through an inanimate object for the remainder of a scene. And I think in this instance, I saw that you were perhaps on the run from some somewhere... I don't know if we're going to call them law enforcement officers because I don't think there's really a whole lot of <laughs> law, quote unquote, municipal code officers. Yeah, there's no cops in this game because I yeah. don't want there to be. The closest thing would be the code compliance division. So I saw some code compliance division folks coming after you. You looked like you needed some help. It wasn't particularly fun to kind of extend my power to get you out of there but i was able to like grab you and like probably yank you through a wall so that you were in a different room until the heat was gone yeah you're welcome i love it yeah so uh duncan as you're sprinting over you recognize max who saved you from uh, likely a pretty unpleasant situation with the folks at city hall max what are you doing well okay it's not falling i was tucking and rolling <laughs> sorry and i've been Apologies. doing this long enough to know <laughs> how to fall so i don't hurt myself too bad i think i probably land mostly on my feet not so sure about elodie but you know what she's not in the bus so she can thank me later yeah hers is a much less elegant sort of stumble roll situation I am imagining like a comical plume of dust. Yeah, yeah. There's a little section of like little rubber bits, like little bits of tire that have been shredded. She rolls through some of that and like sprays out and upward. Some of it's kind of like sticking to her face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've landed more or less intact, LED slightly less. And I look up to see the bus sailing off into the <laughs> fog no the the bus lands it's uh pretty sick 720 in one of the other ramps on the skate park and then keeps sort of moving forward driving ahead pops up on another pipe and does another uh, sick trick you also notice as this bus continues doing sweet flips through the park well there's two people headed towards you one of them is leaping and bounding through the air on these long, spindly red appendages, and they're moving much faster. And then there's a person running behind them uh, a, a little slower. Um, and uh, I think you recognize Duncan Oliver. And uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and do your Bond question as well here. So pick yeah. one of the questions from your Bond list and ask it to Duncan. One of the questions is, you help keep me grounded in the current time. Duncan, why do I trust you? Why would I trust you? Why would Ooh. I trust Duncan Oliver? That's a good question. Man about town, fog chaser. I'm innately trustworthy. End of sentence. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I think you get the sense from Duncan that he's very upfront and honest when he's speaking. He doesn't seem to be a person that hides a lot, which, you know, maybe it stands out among some certain crowds. I think he also maybe 
it could tie in a little bit with another question that I have, which is a help to you get to the bottom of something. Some mystery that you were interested in as well. I had access to information or after you, you know, saved me. Thank you. <laughs> we had met up after that or, or some other times and you maybe offhandedly almost had mentioned something that you were concerned about or a mystery that you wanted. And Duncan remembered that and investigated it independently and brought you a little report. Maybe it was an object, maybe a component to your watch that you, you know, had broken or something that you just were griping about at some point when we were chatting and Duncan took it upon himself to <laughs> spend way more time than he thought it would take to track it down. Yes, I like that. There were a lot of watch parts that were not going to be super useful for, you know, a pocket watch. Like I think there was, a, you know, some kind of like an LED battery in mm -hmm. there. Yeah, because I didn't know what you were looking for. So I got, yep. I found maybe the thing and a bunch of other things and they all seemed watch related. Yes, yes. And I appreciated the effort and care. Awesome. I love it. We see the scene at the skate park and it freezes and we catch these like smash cut scenes of Duncan and Max escaping from City Hall and, and Duncan, you know, delivering this parcel of watch parts to Max. And then we snap back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Um to oh, uh, the boy. scene at the no no I, I did that one already I can't do it again um, <laughs> no we snap back to the skate park the bus slowly and stylishly making its way uh, away from you and this uh, woman with four red tape spider legs in hot pursuit Max I will say Elodie is okay physically I think she might have passed out <laughs> I think that's probably what's happened after this whole ordeal. She's okay physically, but her finances, oof. Yeah, woof, boy. Woof. Someone get that woman a financial advisor. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a thing called a savings account. Just kidding. Financial advisors are basically demons in Absurdia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is the scene. What do you do? Yeah, I think I've run up winded after a lot of running previously and here in the skate park. Like, oh. Max, uh, hey, is she okay? Oh, hey, watch parts guy, yeah. Duncan, um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I go over there and I kind of, I am not kicking her. I am gently nudging her with my foot. <laughs> okay, Max, you don't have to, <laughs> I, I could, if you just do it, I could see you doing it. Elodie, Elodie, kind of nudging. You can see her chest rising and falling, uh, so she's breathing, but she doesn't stir. Huh. Okay. We should probably get her out of who knows when this quarter pipe is going to collapse. Why is it going to collapse? Well, currently it's about a two thirds pipe. So this whole park is churning and, and moving. We want to get her out of here before this pipe closes in and becomes a whole pipe. Fine. I start acting. I got to go try and pick up Elodie and try to usher these two out of here. Yes. Yeah, can you can you carry her? Can you just. Uh... I guess I don't really want her to die, I guess. I try with effort a fireman's carry. Yeah, you you pick her up. There's a pickup and go, oh, oh, as my lower back kind of goes, twing. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, Quinn? Yes. Was there anything else that came out of the bus when I leapt for freedom? I think falling off the bus, uh, any treats? No. Okay. Uh, this might be also a good time to, to, uh, I have two experience. Yes. I did some mm. sweet moves when I was on the bus. 
Yes, so we didn't get to it at the end of your last scene last session, but Max, you fulfilled both of your agendas. Do you want to remind the listeners what those are? And maybe me. I mean, yes, our listeners would love to know. Out of my agendas, the first one is loner. I get to mark experience when I complete a dangerous task by myself or when I lose reputation with a faction, uh, which I did some dangerous shit. Uh, yes pretty cool traveling through the length of the bus <laughs> yep. uh, and especially dealing with the end when elodie was more or less incapacitated yep and then searcher is I'm, I'm looking for something for when i become unstuck from time i mark experience when i come closer to finding it or if i put myself a great risk to do so which both would apply but i only get one experience yes so i have marked two experience Yes, I can't keep track of all of your agendas, so I encourage you to do that. But uh, I did remember this time. So uh, Hannah, Thank Mark you, II experience. Thank you. Yes. Okay, so Duncan, you've picked up Elodie and you've got her sort of slung over your shoulder. The speed at which things change and shift here is not, um, you know, it's not dramatic. It's more of like a gentle flowing change. It's not like an earthquake. It's just a slow undulation. But yeah, you know, th things are moving here. Yeah, um, it's still unstable ground and someone incapacitated in that area is yeah, best, yeah. best to move away. And the bus and juror Sam are moving pretty erratically at the moment anyways. And we don't have a particular plan <laughs> around that. Yeah, and as you pick up Elodie actually uh, further on the other side of the skate park, you hear a sharp sound that sounds like an old dial-up connection, and you see one of those red tendrils of tape shoot out and latch onto the bus as Sam, the juror, has made contact with it. Great. That looks great. Do you want to keep an eye on that, Max? The bus? Where they're going, what they're doing. I, it's taking a lot sure. of my concentration right now to carry another person. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Sam. <laughs> I'd say Sam is probably about, you know, 50 feet away from you right now and is actively pursuing and engaging this bus. Uh, she is not near you or paying attention to you in any way. Okay, I'm kind of at a loss for how to keep an eye on Sam the juror since I've uh, just left the bus and now somebody is attached to the bus. Do you want me to get back on the bus? No, it's more of a narrative soft request where Duncan is focused on getting this person out, is not going to be looking at where the bus is. Okay, I will watch the bus. Great. There there she is, Miss Bus America. Is assessing the bus fight anything? Is that a roll? Quinn, do you want me to? Yeah, I mean, if y'all are watching the scene unfold, go ahead and give me a roll to assess reality. Ooh. Well, I roll the six. All right. Yikes. Oh, there's no, like, help, huh? Helping works basically the same way as pushing yourself, but you help another character. But right. it's, it's similar. You have to sort of decide ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only have one integrity left, so hang it on by a thread. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, pay attention to your um, essence refreshes, too, because those are helpful. <laughs> on a miss, you might reveal critical information, or I might let you ask two questions, but give you some or all of the answers that are inaccurate. Let's go with the second one. I think that's fun here. So go ahead and pick two questions, Max. Are there any dangers I haven't noticed? And who or what is really in control here? Max, I think that Sam, the juror, whose name I think you just heard in passing from Duncan, she is really in control here. 
you don't know what her agenda is, but clearly she has a, a motive, whereas the bus is just kind of doing its thing. And so she's definitely in control. Are there any dangers you haven't noticed? I think the biggest danger would be, you know, not getting Elodie out of here in time. All right, Duncan, we have to get Elodie out of here right away. Working on it. Do I need to roll to get Elodie out or are we able to prioritize that? Yeah, there's no real risk here. If you all want to get Elodie out of the skate park, you can definitely do that. Yeah, I think the priority is getting Elodie out and somewhere seemingly safe. You work your way out of the skate park, navigating around the the different features as they move and shift. Max, as this is happening, a second one of those tape legs, tentacles, latches onto the bus. And the bus actually seems to start behaving differently at this point. It stops doing sick flips in the skate park, Mm -hmm. hits the ground and revs its engine and starts tearing off out of the park into somewhere. Bus, bus, come back, bus. What do you do? If it's tearing out of the skate park, I don't know. It was already on the bus and it didn't go very well. What is happening to Sam? Sam has two of these red tape appendages stuck onto the bus and is reeling in on it, basically. Okay, so Sam is able to control the bus with the red tape, or Sam is getting dragged along? I mean, getting dragged along kind of implies a lack of agency. I would say that Sam is closing the gap, having attached herself onto the bus. It's like lassoing something at a rodeo. Yeah, more like that. Sam, stop that bus! Please! No response. Max, do we need to go back on the bus? Maybe we need to go back on the bus. I go running up and I try and grab some of the red tape so I can, like, rope walk myself back to the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Max, you tear off after Sam, the juror who is attached and sort of, like, running and jumping and retracting these two lines of red tape as she closes in on the bus, which has now exited the skate park and is back on the suburban streets of somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan, you lay Elodie down, I think, just outside the skate park and, and turn to see Max in hot pursuit. And I think we are going to take this moment and jump to Claire. Everyone is so good at running. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all Pacific Northwesterners, apparently. I'm just kidding. That joke um, only lands for a certain <laughs> part of the, the slice of audience. Claire, you exit the long, winding hallway that leads out from the City Hall Customer Service Bureau, where you received your reading from William the Bureaumancer. (laughs) You hear his voice echoing through the passage, calling for the next customer, but there is no one waiting outside. Just the endless, unmoving lines of people crisscrossing the foyer of City Hall. What do you do? Well, first, Tio here asks you, Quinn, to remind her what the Bureaumancer told her. And then Claire has three (laughs) ideas based on that. William the Bureaumancer, in his bureaucratic reading, informed you that there haven't been bus stops for a while, but what really makes a bus stop a bus stop isn't the location or the physical material. You can construct it with anything. He showed you a diagram. What makes a bus stop a stop is the people waiting there for the bus. It's the siren's call that it can't resist. You need a crowd waiting for the bus. I see. Mm. Okay, here's what Claire does. She walks over to the closest cannibalistic flower. There's a lot of them in town. Should not be hard to find one. 
Okay. Tell me about this cannibalistic flower. Flower that eats other flowers or? Yeah. What kind of cannibalism are we talking about here? Unclear. There's just a sign, a plaque that says, do not touch cannibalistic flower. And Claire has never bothered to check what that means for obvious reasons. Are these in City Hall? These are right outside. So she walks outside of City Hall. Yeah. This is just like a flower box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, she knows when to not go meddling. So she, I can't tell you Does what she? kind. She knows when. <laughs> she doesn't not go meddling. She just knows, she knows when she when. shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So she's never bothered to find out if it's a cannibalistic in terms of for other flowers or for people or both. Anyway, she goes up to the prettiest one. It is orange and purple and occasionally a pulsating blue goes through it as if like lightning. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And as she gets closer, the blue lightning pulses more frequently and the pulses are bigger. So they're like these bigger cracks of blue peeping through as if like the flower can sense that a person is nearby. But it looks beautiful, especially the closer you get. So she gets as close as she can feel comfortable getting and snaps an adorable selfie. Just brilliant. Posts it to her followers saying, hi, fam. (laughs) Impromptu flower party outside of City Hall. Come and wait here with me for the flower bus. And get your very own specially crafted unique flower tailored to you. And then there's like a little like PS written on it. For legal reasons, can't say it will bring fulfillment and happiness, but you know the drill. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. There's got to be some like local somewhere facsimile of social media because real social media doesn't exist. So there's like... Like special sticky notes that you can transfer this information onto and burn it with a special match. I'm trying to... <laughs> and it appears on certain walls. I don't know. Oh, I, kinda, oh. I mean, I love that. <laughs> I do also like that. Yeah, like there's like special post-its you can buy that travel, this message when travels. When you stick that post-it on a wall, it melts into the ether <laughs> and transfers its information onto some other series of post-its or Amazing. pieces of wall. Just around, just like randomly on walls. Oh, They're like old town crier boards. I think even more than that, I think if you have a certain number of followers, you get to invade people's privacy too. So like this message seeps into the walls of your home. Oh yeah, that's the thing when you follow someone is you don't have a choice to not see their Yes. Posts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, You opt in. It appears on the inside of their eyelids. (laughs) I was going to say on the inside of their homes, but that's even better. I love that. Well, I was going to say that it seeps onto your wall like as if like a blood stain that's like slowly growing. But I like the eyelids thing much more. You blink and Claire's there in front of a flower. Oh, Mm -hmm. what? Yeah. That's if you follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, Of course, of course. (laughs) You get messages asking if you want to follow people all over town, all over your life, everywhere you go. So, you know. The bureaucracy hates this, by the way. (laughs) Of course, of course. They've been trying to shut it down for decades. Yeah. Yeah, good luck. Nobody knows how it works, though. They say they hate it, but, you know, I know who some of my followers are. I'm just... Okay, Claire. Would you say the balance of your followers are mostly aligned with bureaucracy, community, underbelly, or entropy? Mm. I have to say community. 
without even thinking about it because like this is a lifestyle brand it's all about the community yeah and mm-hmm. i mean community honestly is like Normies. the largest yeah they're the normal people so they're the largest faction yeah. in town in terms of pure numbers yeah so claire this is going to be a rally roll uh, oh, so boy. when you incite members of a faction to act roll with that faction on a hit they will follow the general spirit of your request and you owe them a debt on a 10 plus, you get to choose three options from the list. On a seven to nine, you get to choose two. And on a miss, you either tarnish your standing, minus one reputation, or the group wildly or willfully misinterprets what you want. <laughs> so uh, go ahead and give me a roll 2d6 plus your rating with community. Okay, I'm just making sure here that there isn't any way that I can beef up my roll. <laughs> Let me just. There are certain playbooks that have moves that allow you to push yourself on faction moves, but as a general rule, you cannot. I don't think I have that on mine. No. Okay, here we go. This is a minus one. Yeah, your reputation with community is not ideal. (laughs) Oh, well, okay, really quick, everyone. Uh, I am rolling with dice that Quinn got us as a gift, a Monster Hour dice. I just landed on the MH of Monster Hour on that dice. Now, what does that mean? That's six. That's That's a a six. six. Hot diggity dog. Okay. Then in that case, that's going to be a nine. Total. Whoa. Okay. So on a hit, they follow the general spirit of your request and you owe them a debt. Uh, so you owe a debt to community. And on uh, seven to nine, you get to choose two of the following options. They will not back down in the face of resistance. They will call upon additional resources from their faction. They will do exactly as you asked instead of following the general spirit. Or you won't owe them a debt in return. I think they will do exactly what I ask. And your second? I mean, the easy one is that I don't owe the debt, but that's not fun. Uh, They will call upon additional resources from their faction. Ooh, it's an event. The community's resources are abundant supplies, secure shelter, strength in numbers, and means of communication. I mean, do you want this to be like a fucking party? Hell yeah. Okay. So, Claire, you you post this, you, like, write it out on the sticky note and slap it against the wall of City Hall, and it kind of, like, half melds, half disintegrates. And then across town, we see these message boards, like these big public bulletins. The sticky note that you have handwritten phases in in all of these places. And then we see a bunch of people around town kind of stop what they're doing. Uh, a few of them sort of grimace briefly. We get like a bird's eye view and all around town we see people starting to sort of slowly make their way towards City Hall and this crowd is beginning to accumulate. Hey fam, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 5 of our Absurdia campaign. For legal reasons, I can't promise that listening to Monster Hour will bring fulfillment and happiness, but you know what's up. As always, I want to thank everyone for helping to spread the word about the show by leaving us a rating and review, recommending the show to a friend, and beaming messages directly into the retinas of your followers. Words and Eyes really is the best form of advertising for indie podcasts like us. Don't forget that if you use the hashtag MonsterHourPod, you might wind up named after a character in the show. Characters like Sam the Juror, named after at Goblin Mixtape on Twitter. A special shout out this week to the latest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Child of Mirkwood, Amanda, and Anemone. Thank you to all of our patrons for helping make Season 2 a reality and to help us bring you new and better content. We just posted Act 2 of our game of comedy slash tragedy, a Shakespearean misadventure of mistaken identities, lost siblings, and roguish schemes. If you want to hear Kyle and I get up to absolute nonsense with some fabulous folks from our local Dacha Theatre Company, 
you can head over to patreon.com slash monster hour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all I have for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in August 23rd for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Max, the bus is tearing off through the streets of somewhere, and attached to it is Sam, the juror, a generally unassuming woman in her 30s who has four red tape tentacles protruding from her mouth, which she has attached to the bus and is slowly gaining on it. Talk to me a little bit about your, you know, your motives here. What's what, what are you thinking, aside from chasing after this peculiar scene? Well, there was a cat that said to find it. And I wonder if the cat is still on the bus. And second of all, since there appears to be somebody able to sort of wrangle the bus, maybe I should get back on the bus. Or fight the bus. Well, I guess as I'm running, I would like to ask Sam the juror if she is okay. As you shout out to her, her head turns around. Her body doesn't, but her head does. And you can see that her eyes are now two, like, brightly glowing phosphorescent lights, like the kind you would find in an office. And she opens her mouth, and the street that you are on is filled with this electronic sound. It's extremely loud, but it sounds like a fax machine almost. And the two remaining stretches of red tape arch back and then lash out towards you. Ah! What do you do? Yeah, I... I... I pull out my Zweihander and I'm slicing at it. Yeah. There's some ribbons coming at me. And I don't like it. I don't want that. Okay. I'm not about that life. Yeah. Give me a roll to fight for your life. When you directly engage a threat, roll plus pluck. It's a seven. So on a seven to nine, you inflict harm on one another as established. Remind me the harm on your Zweihander. My Zweihander is two harm hand spread unwieldy. What does it look like as you do some slashing? Well, first of all, I got a book on Amazon all about weaponry, and I told myself it was for writing research, despite the fact that I don't do any fucking <laughs> writing involving weapons. But it's it's like one of those DK books with like all the cool pictures. Oh my god, it's a piece of it's a piece <laughs> of fucking art. Anyway, they have some pictures of Zweihanders in there, which they are essentially at least the the ones that I saw. This is not like ice in game of thrones oh, this no, is a no, sword no. Uh-huh. it is just very very long uh-huh. Uh-huh. um and zweihanders tend to be at least the ones in the book are blunted at the end but very sharp on the edges so yeah. i i pull it out and this thing is like very close to being as tall as i am so the effect mm-hmm. is like mildly comical however max is trained with this so she knows what she's doing mm-hmm. most of the time so I think I, I pull it out, but it also means that I can't pick up anything else. You know, I either have to wield the sword or put it away. And putting it away is also going to take both hands. <laughs> I think these two red tape tendrils shoot towards you and you cleave through the first one. And as you do, it just shoots this like spray of red paint, just this absolute fountain, way more than could conceivably be contained in a small red streamer. The whole street that you're on is just sprayed with this red paint. It's a real mess. Uh, The second one slashes down and catches you, I think, across like the torso. And it feels like a paper cut at first. And then you realize it is cut down to the bone. Uh, and you're going to go ahead and take two harm. Jesus Yow. Christ, Quinn. 
Did I kill it at least? The one that you cut after it has this massive spray of red paint, it whips wildly back and forth like a maimed animal. And then I think you can see it like fall kind of limp, like dragging on the street. And then that edge of it detaches from the juror's mouth. Uh, And so now there's just one that's not attached to the bus. And what is it doing? Oh, it's coming back at you. Okay. Oh, I suffer one less harm. (laughs) Ha ha. Yes. So one of my moves is time loss. Timeless. Sorry, not (laughs) Timeless. Your physical form is frozen in the moment you became unmoored from time. You do not age or sicken, and your body resists alteration. Anytime you would take harm, you suffer one less. So I only take one harm. What does this look like as like you get injured and then your body kind of reverts? It's sort of like I got partly healed. So the cut appears, goes all the way down, and then it like, but not all the way because it did hurt me pretty bad. So there's still Mm -hmm. a wound there, but it's a lot less serious. It's, you know what? It looks a little bit like the wound has been there for a while. Mm -hmm. As opposed to fresh. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, what was a bone deep cut is now not quite so deep. It's still uncomfortable. I'm going to attack it again. Okay. Yeah. The one remaining piece of red tape that is not attached to the bus lashes back out at you. And uh, give me another roll to fight for your life. Oh, that's a five. Ooh. Uh Uh-oh. On a miss, you might get maimed, captured, or toyed with. Mm Mm-hmm. You go to take a swing, and this time the tape is ready for you, or the juror. It's not clear what exactly the relationship is here. Instead of going directly for you, it sweeps both of your legs, lifts you up, and holds you upside down off of the ground. It's like a parade float. You've got the bus, and holding onto the bus is Sam the juror, and then being lifted up further back off of the ground by this piece (laughs) of red tape are you upside down by this tendril. Yeah. You would take one harm, but because of your move, you don't. Okay. It's nice, right? It is. Yes. It's very similar to Alvin's move. Yep. Yeah, nice. I do like that. Let's smash cut to Duncan. Oh. You set Elodie down on the outskirts of the skate park where I think there are people who are coming out of their houses mm-hmm. after the screaming fog has abated. And I think you know that Elodie will be safe here. Yeah. And sort of on the opposite side on the edge, you can just see Max chasing after Sam and the bus. What do you do? As people come out, he just calls out to them because. It's all clear. Screaming fog is gone. Uh, someone needs to stay here, take care of Elodie. This is Elodie. Elodie, yeah, you're unconscious. She's helping to be stay safe. Anybody here part of that group earlier that was looking for the bus? Come with me. Yeah, one or two people, I think, from the search party who took shelter. Uh, there's a few Yeah, I don't left. expect a bunch of them. It's just a random part of town here. But yeah, I want to get a couple of them. And because the bus is pretty far away, we're not going to catch up directly with it. But I want to kind of see if we can maybe guess where it might be going based on it slowing down and kind of moving around with these tape things if it's like going to turn a corner if we can try to go and cut it off somewhere yeah give me a roll to assess reality would love to Ooh, ooh, that's six four plus one that's 11 on a 10 plus hold two i would like to ask what's my best route (laughs) to catch up with the bus duncan i'll tell you two things Mm-hmm. First, I think you can see, you know, somewhere's not like super tall buildings or anything. This mm-hmm. whole scene is pretty visible. 
I think you can tell it's not going in like one direction. It's kind of moving erratically. In fact, it seems to be okay. zigzagging, like intentionally going around different blocks. So, you know, geographically, it hasn't gone tremendously far from you. I also think that near the skate park, there is a public message board. Mm-hmm. And there's actually a post-it phasing in right now. And it's from one parentheses, number one parentheses, Claire Claremont. <laughs> yeah and it says hi fam impromptu flower party outside of city hall come and wait here with me for the flower bus and get your very own specially crafted unique flower tailored to you well claire has been gone for far too long to not have learned something so this seems like a action item around the bus at minimum it may also be a marketing opportunity, but it seems to also relate to the bus in some way. So I think I'm going to bring my little crew of <laughs> citizen bus hunters and bring a group to City Hall. Are you just gathering up these few people around you or are you trying to actually trigger a rally role here? Uh, I don't have a great way to broadcast a bigger rally. So it's mostly just the people who are here who have already called to be like hey let's go after the bus and some seem interested so i'm gonna say we're gonna cut it off at city hall okay so duncan you head off towards city hall we're playing a little bit with time here uh, between these scenes but nothing in somewhere is too terribly far from any Mm -hmm. other place so you arrive at city hall and claire paint the picture of this flower party that you've arranged (laughs) on the steps of city hall I think while waiting for people to show up, Claire has picked a couple of flowers from the City Hall garden that are not cannibalistic flowers. Let's be clear. (laughs) They don't look as pretty, but they'll get the job done and kind of arrange them into a bouquet while standing in front of City Hall at the curb. Because as we all know, any good influencer worth their weight in followers can really quickly create a flower bouquet that's like perfect so she's holding that bouquet standing at what she is calling a bus stop now and i think she went inside and there's one of those like news rack stands but instead of magazines or uh, newspapers it's all of the like pamphlets for the various things that somewhere has to offer in various languages i think she has oh, it's like take- a, a tourism pamphlet yeah 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 exactly <laughs> even though no one comes here yeah of course amazing and I think she's she's taken all of those and arranged like some sort of fun pattern on the floor to make it look like that's like a dance floor area so that there's like a defined space in front of City Hall that is the bus stop, quote unquote. Mm. She's not going to be dancing because that's not cool. Nobody cool dances. I think she's on her phone. She's holding the bouquet and apathetically, oh, no, we don't have phones. No, you can have phones. Okay. It's not Wi-Fi. Well, then what would be the point? She is holding (laughs) the bouquet and, oh, she's responding to people. She's like coordinating on the post-it pad. This party's popping off. You know, there's probably 50, 60, 70 people here now. And there's more people coming all the time. What's the vibe? Oh, I think it's a very chill but cool vibe. I think she like messaged a couple of the well-known folks in town. Uh, I think she messaged Brad to bring his recipe for like the perfect punch. 
uh, I think she's like crowdsourced essentially like a potluck vibe now. So people are showing up with hors d'oeuvres and things and everyone's just kind of hanging out waiting. Like everyone's trying to snap like a photo with her. That's like the goal. But she's being very vague. She's not answering any questions about the bus. But everybody is like hotly anticipating. Nobody knows when the bus shows up or what's on it. But she has kind of hinted that like it's exclusive and only the first couple of people end up on the bus. <laughs> God. So. <laughs> uh, Claire. <laughs> fucking Claire. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So this party is, is really picking up speed. Oh, you know, my people... gosh. Wait. Sorry. Sorry. But I completely yes. forgot a very important point. Of course. I uh, retroactively amend the brochures she took. She used those to make a VIP area. There okay. is a VIP area with bottle service. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Are the bottles like homebrew kombucha that you made yourself? Oh, yeah. And cucumber water. <laughs> oh, right. Obviously. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Water that you thought about cucumbers while pouring. <laughs> yes. The mental and emotional essence of cucumber. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's the prototype that she's been trying to pitch City Hall to put in the drinking water this whole damn time. Yeah. Incredible. She had her okay. assistant go home and pick it up. Two birds, one stone. Uh-huh. This party is popping. There's a whole crowd. There's a lot of people on the dance floor. There's a bunch of people by the picnic table. Only like two people have been eaten by the cannibalistic plants. Like it's going great. As you are fielding questions about the flower bus and the VIP section, you hear behind you a, <clears throat> Claire. Oh, uh, what's that buzzing? You're supposed to be looking for the bus. Oh, hey. And behind you stands Mina. Uh, and you can see the doors to City Hall are open and several members of the Code Compliance Division are standing outside. <laughs> they are uniformly tall and slender clad in black overcoats, the collars of which are popped almost comically wide. A thick red tape tie hangs from each of their necks, white nitrile gloves covering their hands. Their facial features are so nondescript to the point that you're not convinced they have any, save for two bright fluorescent eyes. There are six of them standing outside the doors. Claire? Yes? You're supposed to be looking for the bus. What is this? Ah... <sighs> This is why I say that we approach things differently. You go out and look for the bus. I have the bus come to me. Claire, you don't have a permit for this. And she like looks back towards the code compliance division. I can't just look the other way. I hand her the parchment sheet with the reading from the bureaumancer and I go, I'm simply following the instructions that the Bureaumancer gave me in order to find this precious bus. Give me a sway roll. Mm. When you offer an NPC a convincing reason to do something. Roll plus cheek. <laughs> that is a 10. Hi. Okay. Very nice. On a 10 plus, they will do it for the reason that you gave them. <laughs> Mina takes the forms, reads them over, and then looks at you, and you feel that excruciatingly piercing gaze as though mm -hmm. every thought and secret and feeling you've ever had is just sort of laid bare like a book and then without saying anything she turns around and walks back to the members of the code compliance division 
I strategically take a selfie. It's like an, a game of angles where I'm making it look like I'm much closer to the code compliance entities than I am. And I'm like handing them one of my cucumber water bottles. And I'm framing it up like how people go to the Leaning Tower of Pisa and make it look <laughs> like they're holding it up. I'm making it look like I'm handing my water to them. <laughs> Uh, okay, amazing. <laughs> New cucumber <laughs> craze is sweeping the town. Yeah, hashtag cucumber water for all. It is at this moment, Duncan, that I think you and your beleaguered members of the search party arrive at City Hall to find a pretty large, unpermitted gathering taking place. And I think you recognize Claire taking a weirdly angled selfie in front of several yeah. members of the somewhat imposing Code Compliance Division. Yeah, I want to tell the search party to not like keep a perimeter, but keep your eyes on the streets so as not to get surprised and run over. And I'd like to just kind of hustle up to Claire. 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 Hey, you. Oh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. Okay, I'm done. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Oh, that one's going to be great. I saw your message. Did you, fi did you find anything out about the bus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're waiting for the bus right now, sweetie. You're waiting for the bus? What do you mean you're waiting for the bus? We're trying to find the bus. Uh, how many people do I have to explain this to? W one, me. You <laughs> don't need to find the bus. The bus will find you if you are waiting for it. Like a bus stop. Exactly. It was oh, entirely my, God, my idea. Genius. What can I say? Claire, you're I a just, genius. Yeah. You know, I mean, you said it. <laughs> I, d I did. <laughs> how long do we wait for the bus? You know, that part is a little less clear, but we have tapas over there. We've got some interesting applications of burnt squid over here. You, of course, have to get your cuke water. And then I thrust one in your hand and take a selfie with you as you're holding it. <laughs> your picture catches Duncan dropping it clumsily. Oh, gee. oh God. <sighs> well, we'll we'll discuss the number of times you're going to run that ad on the station later. I can't do pictures. Is that not how radio works? No, I don't really understand no, no, no. the medium. It's <laughs> entirely out of my realm. No, it's audio medium only. Mm, that explains... Mm. Okay. Yeah, you keep sending me posters and pictures to run on the channel, and I don't know what to do with them. They're in a drawer. Do you want them back, or...? Claire is no longer paying attention. She's kind of looking at the Okay, crowd. goodbye. She's like... <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever works for you. So so just hang out, just have a good time, and you know, the bus will come when the bus is ready to come. Do we need to get people to line up or something? Or I mean there there is, is a, a line. Just a um, party right now. No, no, there's a VIP area and uh in order to get a wristband to get into the VIP area, you have to put down a certain amount of deposit or oh purchase a certain amount of product. Or I have told people, because I am nothing if not a philanthropist, that I will at random select about five people to join us on the bus experience that cannot afford the VIP entry fee. And they just have to really want it and visualize it in their mind. So they're kind of doing the heavy lifting on the waiting for the bus part of things for us. We may not want to bring a lot of people onto the bus. I ran into Max earlier. They came out of the bus and I didn't get a lot of details, but they didn't seem super thrilled about the experience. You know, I mean, that actually can work in our favor. The more exclusive, the better. 
we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Or that bus when we come to it. Hey, Claire, when does the bus get here? Yeah, Quinn, do we roll to wait for a bus? Yeah, how do we? (laughs) Claire, you hear a member of the community who I don't think you recognize or know shout to you. And as that happens, the ground starts to vibrate ever so slightly. The energy in the air changes and you hear the hiss of brakes starting and releasing the hum of an engine. And for half a second, the bus snaps into frame about 20 feet behind City Hall. And then suddenly it's 10 feet into the street ahead of you. And then it disappears for a couple seconds. And then right in front of this massive crowd of people by the VIP section that you have assembled out of fake tourism flyers is the Leviathan frame of the bus. Latched onto it, a woman in her 30s with two tendrils of red tape sticking to it and a third outstretched holding up Max, her Zweihander in hand, and all hell breaks loose. 